Welcome to another chapter of In the Keep Podcast. I'm your very own prophet of the drowned god, the Motherload. This show is all about the world of arena first-person shooters, classic FPS games, their legacies, their lineage, and the people who keep that world turning. These are the players, the developers, the streamers, the influencers. It is the will of the drowned god, Catholic that our communities band together in her cathedral to frag and give one another into oblivion for all eternity. It's time for your mid-month montage of more Maximum Quake Mayhem with your friend, the Mother Load. I don't know, it's a lot of M's in there. A little bit of housekeeping before I introduce the guest. First of all, just want to thank everybody for the uh, the awesome response that we got to the Loctar episode. It was very important to me because, you know, it was the first uh, episode on our new host. And I was worried that people weren't going to hear about it or that it would be hard to rebuild the audience. And it will be, and it still is. But holy fucking shit, man, you guys like really showed up for us. And I hope that that continues to happen because I'm going to continue to do this either way. And I want to thank Smango for uh, helping with everything. Everybody involved. Like, I, I know I'm just... Everyone who helped out, which is a lot of people, it's uh, Spaced, Hattacant, Smango, all the people who posted around or allowed me to post in their servers, like all that stuff. But specifically Smango, because he put it on uh, QuakeFans.net and allowed me to uh, also post all the episodes there, which kind of created a homepage. You can check that out. And that is actually the number one place other than YouTube, like the, the number one actual like listening online um place where people are getting the podcast so far and I'm super stoked about that and I'm really I don't want to say surprised because I knew QuakeFans.net was getting popular but like man like that that is a hell of a response we saw from them so kudos and thanks to everyone uh so let's get into this week's guest and that guy is Messiah Messiah is a motherfucking genius he's a cool son of a bitch man I love that guy he uh He's an admin for the United States Quake community, and he, he like manages all the, the Quake servers and events and everything there. And his team, which is basically him and Nationwide Moose and a few other guys, uh, you know, run this channel, the USQC, and they're at the tip of the spear. Like They're putting forth the effort to revitalize the Quake world and the arena shooter community. It's just like all the Quakes, specifically you know Quake World, Quake 1, and Quake, all that stuff. And Doom... The rest of the quakes, everything, man, they're they're, just, they're kicking ass, and I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, if you haven't heard Nationwide Moose's episode on uh, Quakecast over with Dump Truck and RC, I highly recommend that too because it was great. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much all I got. Let's get in the keep with Messiah. How's it going? Introduce yourself, man. What are you all about? What do you do? Um, well, I am the admin of a Discord community called the U.S. Quake Community. Um, and what we do is essentially look to preserve um, most and, and continue to play um, games that ha- are based on id tech soft usually basically id tech 2 and id tech 3 stuff but we also play doom as well it's just that's all it is for you guys like absolutely nothing it didn't make 
will never it'll never be there um well i mean i think that's what our focus is and uh we do also do um events for stuff like quake champions mm-hmm. um you know modern games as well i guess but usually related to quake but yeah just trying to uh have a smaller maybe community of quake champions players that we could also bring into other games like quake 3 or quake world you guys have are not small by any stretch of the imagination i, I guess if you consider like the size of the official quake discord or something along those lines a bit i was really impressed uh i i had a i joined your discord like months ago and it was still like it was like okay well i guess this isn't happening it was like 20 30 people and then i heard uh moose on Quakecast, and i was like huh, i guess i should go check it out and you guys have grown exponentially <laughs> since then yeah you know it's a big help uh, having everybody's involvement to try to reach out there to their, you know, social media bases to see if, you know, anybody's interested in playing classic Quake or Doom. Um, and you'd be surprised at the number of people um, in real life, even that I've spoken to that just say, hey, you know, you remember playing Quake? You remember playing Doom? And they're like, oh, yeah, can you still do that? And, yeah. you know, a lot of people aren't even aware of, um, you know, modern open source clients for these games. Um you know, that you can play at high resolution or new texture packs or, you know, the the options are limitless. So, yeah, we've really been reaching out there and trying to um, bring people into the community and, and keep these old games alive. I think you've done an excellent job, especially like I was kind of jealous when I looked at your channel versus my channel and I saw the, the configs page you guys have or the category for it's so awesome. And it's still difficult for someone, especially if they've never played uh, older games like that before just the process of learning how to do configs is annoying. But the fact that you make that information, I don't know if it was you personally or someone in your discord uh, made that so easily available is going to, I mean, that's a testament to why you guys are so successful. I think. I would agree. Uh, we have spent a lot of time reaching out there to, you know, let's say semi-professional at this point members of these communities because they still exist there um you know in quake world and quake 3 specifically because both of those games um require a good amount of tweaking in your config um but there's a good base of what you kind of need to do setting your rate setting your frame rate you know um just adjusting certain things to make you competitive even in free-for-all um but yeah it is a difficult thing uh you know newer games you know people don't really think about their configuration other than what's in the HUD. So yeah, we've just sort of gathered the best classic minds that are still doing this stuff and, and try to compile all that information in a way that's easily accessible for people. Um, we, we are trying to do example configs too, but the difficulty there a little bit is sometimes people are on different versions of engines and clients. So more often we just kind of give examples of like, here you go, put these in your console, save that out and then kind of go from there i think it's it's a great project to have going on and and it makes me feel better knowing i don't have to do that now i can just point people like go to this like i put you uh your guys link in my in my channel which has a place called allied channels everywhere everyone that i like support or i think is useful in some way i put them in there and that way if someone comes to me and they say like hey i don't know how to do the configs to say i don't know quake 2 like well even if i personally don't know that information i love being able to just say like go to this guy or go to this place and they can tell you delegation <laughs> in a way, but absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We have, 
a similar thing. Um, we, we set up a Discord link page for games that we don't necessarily specialize in or that we communities that we reach out to for information as well. Um, you know, Human Bones, who you, I think, interviewed recently, um, we have his Doom Multiplayer Federation Discord link, um, you know, right there in our Discord links. And yeah, we play Doom and we have a Doom server, um, but we're not you know, we're not the best source of information for Doom configs and for Doom, you know, specialized events and stuff like that. So we point them there, um, similar to what you're doing there. And that's really, it's really good for people, I think, um, to see an easy collection of place places to just go and be like, all right, well, what do I do? Where do I go? How do I play? Um, makes it easy for people to get involved. Yeah. I love the, uh, I love talking to Bones. He was, it's just a really great guest to have on. And and I feel like I could have talked to him for like five more hours because he had so much just knowledge going back. And as soon as I posted that thing, I immediately got – so I don't remember who it was, but someone was like upset that we had mentioned Duango at all. Oh, really? Yeah, they just didn't. I, I, don't, I don't know why. So people, I guess, have a bad taste in their mouth from back in the day with Duango. <laughs> I didn't even know much about it or how it worked. I was just asking – but. Yeah, Doom is such an old community. There's mm-hmm. all these different subsections. You know, in Quake, it's it's similar. Um, the and I, I think the big difference in Quake is that there are two solid uh, netcode bases that people still play. Um, you know, NetQuake and Quake World, and they have slightly different physics, but the game is essentially the same. And so, um, you do have a division there as well in that community. So, you know, in Doom, I can I can definitely see similar situations popping up, especially where they've been through so many different iterations of source ports and multiplayer ports and Z Daemon and Zandorum and, and all that stuff. I definitely don't want to uh, disparage either group. And I'm, and I'm speaking just from what I personally have observed, but I would definitely say there's a lot more division in doom than there is in the quake community. And, mm. and even though there's more quake games that people, you know, still play, uh, most people that play Quake Three are willing to give, like, I don't know, Quake Champions uh, at least a, a dry run or something. Yep. You know, it's not like this animosity. I don't, I don't observe a tremendous amount of animosity. Definitely some. Some people hate Quake Champions, and that's fine. And I support their First, first Amendment right to express their opinion. But it is yeah. But within Doom, it's like as you were saying. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Yeah. I. No, it's fine. I was just saying that, yeah, Doom, honestly, I think the thing there is Doom is a more populated community. Um, that's that's sort of the thing. And with, with more people comes more opinions and different projects. You know, there's a lot of different Doom projects out there. We're talking Chocolate and Crispy and Otamex and, you know, all these different projects have their own communities and they all have their own limitations, too. I mean, there's so many different versions, you know, if something's Z-Doom compatible or if it's Boom compatible or if it's XYZ, this map or that map, it, it's a lot to keep up with. And that's kind of the reason I'm pointing them to the Multiplayer Doom Federation because I honestly, I don't know all that information. So, yeah. So where, like, what was your introduction into that? You already told me a little bit off air, but I do want to, I want to get into your story that you told before about, um, so you grew up with a NetQuake server in your basement. Is that true? Uh, yeah. Well, in my house. Yeah. It was in the computer room in my house. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, my dad got into Quake as soon as it came out. I mean, he played Doom as well. Um, I don't think he ever got online with that. But yeah, I mean, he got so into Quake that, yeah, we set up, uh, man, this server was a full-size server tower from the 90s. So if you if you can picture that, that, that was taller than me back in the day. And uh, yeah, it sounded like a jet engine when you turned it on. And uh, that hum, I can actually still kind of hear it. You know what I mean? But either way, yeah, we, we ran a NetQuake server on that so we could play locally for co-op and, and practice multiplayer maps and then um that server actually dialed out uh to the internet on a dial-up connection so that other people could connect to the server and then we could connect to the server or connect out to the internet through that server so yeah i you know i am i i was really young at the time um but it made a big impression on me just um you know, going from Super Nintendo and playing Mario to being able to play with people from around the world. And yeah, we had a 300 ping and yeah, you know, it was kind of laggy and hard to hard to play sometimes, but it was awesome. It was something that definitely made an impact on me in my life. Um, you know, and when I wanted to play myself, um, I actually with my dad's help, got a computer together and uh, something that could play Quake. And from that point, um, you know, I had a shareware copy of Quake, but I couldn't I couldn't play it, um, you know, with all the new maps or any episodes besides episode one or all those things, you know, on his server or online. So, um, you know, my dad had told me, hey, if you just copy my pack files, it'll it'll work. You can you'll, you'll have all the maps. And I was like, well, you know, I really want to figure out why it doesn't work. So I grabbed a pack editor and downloaded that on his computer and then opened his pack files. And then somehow I got mine on his, I don't really remember at the time, file sharing on NT4 (laughs) somehow. Um, But yeah, I noticed when I opened both packs that of course the maps were missing, but the other thing that was missing was a singular file name. And it didn't have any extension. And I forget what the name of the file was. But the engine just simply checked if it was there in the pack. And then the rest of the you know episode maps were there. So once I put the file, you know, I just created a file name in the pack, the same file with no extension, uh, you know, copied over all the episode maps. And boom, I loaded up my game. And once I got the packs back to my computer and I was able to, you know, play all the episodes and, uh, you know, play online and play on a server. So, you know, from there... I mean, that really started my love affair with with computers, computer hardware and and software and IT. And I mean, that's what I do as a day job. So, um, yeah, it's really special to me. And I feel like, um, you know, when I reinstalled Quake and I've done it many, many times over the years, um, whether it's NetQuake or um, Quake World. And in either case, every time I load it up, there's either, you know, one server in the U.S., somebody playing Team Fortress, or there's empty servers in NetQuake because, the you know, the Quake1.com community kind of fell off and, and that kind of community kind of went away. And uh, time and time again, I just kept reinstalling it, looking to see if anybody ever still played. And, uh, you know, this last time I just started playing Team Fortress because I really wanted to get into it, you know, kind of ask those guys like, hey, um, you know, does anybody play FFA or team games or two on two or classic maps or, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, the answer I got was in Europe. 
you know, essentially people do, um, you know, badplaces.eu is a great resource and, you know, you can definitely play there, but you're going to be playing, you know, 120, 150 ping and there's going to be shot delay and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, from that point, I really wanted to search out and find a way to bring us based or North American based, uh, peak players that still want to play together, um, to, to play with decent pings and be able to, uh, you know, be able to play without having shot delay and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I found the U S quake community, uh, nationwide moose had put it together, but it was just something that he had, you know, sort of a side project and he wasn't exactly sure what he was doing with it. Um, you know, and I started making, um, like the flag art that you see there. I made that, uh, for the community and started getting involved a little bit thinking, Hey, maybe, you know, this, we can get some U S players together and, and play. Um, we, we started with NetQuake um, and playing on some servers that were empty with a partnered community at the time. Um, but quickly we grew, um, way faster than we thought we would for, for quake world, especially, uh, there's a lot of people out there who want to play quake world that just didn't have a place to go. Um, so, you know, at that point I, I've spun up our own servers, um, and just started kind of having a, you know, kind of a dual community between the, the quake world servers that we have up and the discord and trying to merge those two things together. Um, you know, because older quake world players, a lot of them are on IRC or they're searching around the match browser, but they're not really part of any communities per se. So, you know, merging the two things has also been kind of a side project of mine there, but either way yeah it's it's really uh it's really taken off and there's a lot of people that are interested in all these old classic id games um whether they're new players or old players so it's been really fun all right well that's the interview i guess i'm done here yeah i'm just man. kidding no you you just you answered a lot of the questions i was going to ask you already um so what which do you do you favor quake world or netquake more either way uh quick world okay. the net code the net code's better um can you explain the difference uh to a, a, maybe an audience member who doesn't know absolutely yeah so netquake is the multiplayer version of quake that was released with the game in the box um you know at that point um multiplayer games first person shooter games uh if you think about like doom uh were done in an old school sort of token ring style where you would have a lobby and then multiple multiple people would join that lobby you'd have a smaller player limit and then you could launch it once everybody had synced i you know that's older than me so but either way uh you know with quake it was pretty revolutionary you know you didn't in the lobby was inside the game um and you could have up to 15 players uh versus the four to six i think was with doom at the time um so it was really neat and it was something that they worked on of course but it was more of I would say either an afterthought or something that was put in more at the end. I think Quake was a big project to them. And, and the things that I've read, you know, um, I don't think that the programmers took as much time with the multiplayer as they kind of wanted to. Mm -hmm. So it came out, um, you know, and, and people loved it. And I think it blew up way bigger than they thought it would. Um, and the the thing is, is that uh, John Carmack, who was a programmer on Quake and Quake 2 and Quake 3, um, you know, he he wrote the game 
and played the game and tested the game from, you know, a $5,000 computer with a T1 line. So to him, he kind of thought when the game came out, you know, broadband would catch up. And he wouldn't have to write in things like server-side prediction code. And what that is is when your when your player has movement data, um, the server is predicting that your movement will continue in the direction that you're already traveling until you change it, and then the server will change that perception for the other players in the game. Um, so NetQuick doesn't have that. It's something so, we still struggle with even in modern games. As right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so NetQuake is lacking that. And that's a purity thing. That's supposed to be, um, you know, what happens in the game happened. There is no server messing about, you know, changing around your position. Maybe you weren't actually there. You know, the game cheated kind of thing and, and uh, try to get rid of that. But the problem layer in with that in lied that everybody was on dial-up at the time. So, you know, everybody had, instead of having 150 ping, they had a 300 ping. And without prediction, there's a lot of noticeable lag. Like, I remember it at the time, like you would move and then your player position would be reset because the server didn't get your update fast enough. So because it didn't predict where you were going, it would just put you back where you were. And if somebody had shot you while you were trying to move and it just put you back, then you died. So to combat that, they came up with Quake World, um, which I think they worked on for a few months. Like it was delayed for a while. Um but yeah, I think it came out December '96, somewhere in there. Carmack drew um, it together after the release because I'll, I'll let you go ahead. Call yeah, that yeah. Story. Well, either way, yeah. So yes, um, but yeah, Carmack put it together um, to combat this netcode problem, um, which added server-side prediction, and it also lifted um, or raised uh, speed limitations on character movement. And I think a big reason they were able to do that is because of the prediction. Um, you know, and uh, the changes really aren't that dramatic, especially at first. When people first started playing it, it just seemed like Quake. Um, but over time, people figured out that the physics were different enough um, where they discovered things like zigzagging, bunny hopping, um, advanced movement that sort of inspired the rest of the quakes from there on out. Um, but that advanced movement difference makes Quake World today, modern Quake World, 20 plus years later, extremely competitive, a lot more competitive, I would say, than NetQuake, um, just because you have all these different mechanics that are added on top of Quake that you have to contend with that other players can do and that you have to try to perfect, you know? So you find a lot of people in Quake World um, doing training maps or uh, trick maps or just training in dual maps so that they know where the jumps are or how to, you know, bunny hop all the way around the map without slowing down or things like that. I don't think you get that same experience with NetQuake. Yeah, Quake World, the competitive scene is my, as a spectator sport, it's my football. Like, I love it so much. I love watching it players like, i'm not even good at it i just enjoy the hell out of the tasty spleen like competitions or qh LAN and all that which is coming back this year and i just yeah actually right before we started this interview i uh messaged Loctar because i saw him practicing for for the upcoming tournament you're talking about the 4v4 no. or are you talking about the, the new dual tournament qh LAN 
uh, dual. Oh. I think they're doing dual and four v four. I don't want to speak out of turn because I don't have all the information yet, but yeah, it's, gotcha. it's happening sometime in the summer this year, from what I understand. Yeah, they've got a four v four coming up where they just did a draft for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of people signed up for that draft in various divisions. Um, I think they had like I can't remember. I don't want to speak out of turn either, but they had a lot of people. They had a lot more than um, I've seen in previous drafts. Um, and the fun thing is, is that, you know, about half those people that are in that draft are either in my discord server or they're playing on my quake world servers. So that makes me really happy. Um, especially to see a lot more Americans, um, signing up for these things. You've inspired a lot of people to pick up the game and that's, and, and to become competitive. So give yourself a round of applause for that. Like that's awesome. It, it is awesome. I am extremely happy with it. Um, yeah. And and to be honest, the goal for me um, is definitely to bring back some Quake World players for sure. Um, but I think the thing is, is that we all grew up and we played Quake, some of us. And either way, uh, we played Quake 2 or we played Quake 3 or we played some sort of Quake. And that had an impact on a lot of people, I think, because arena shooters used to be it. It used to be the most popular thing to play. And from there, maybe you go on to Half-Life and Counter-Strike and down the Gold Source Road. But still, before that happened, I think Quake, for people who played PC games, had a major impact. And then we moved on as technology moved on. Um, and as we did, um, I think, you know, maybe people reinstalled it every so often or took a look at it again, like, oh yeah, this is fun. But um, I think we always just assumed because of the popularity that was there in the 90s and in the early 2000s that there'd always be 20 servers with somebody on them, you know, um, that that just would never go away. Um, similar to like EverQuest or old, just old Ultima or just other old communities that, um, for whatever reason, persevere and continue on, you know, um, and that, that really sort of didn't happen for Quake World, at least in the United States. Um, of course it's still going on, like I say, in Europe and they're like, you're saying QH land, Thunderdome, uh, hammer time. There's a lot of different, um, really European focused uh, competitive quake world going on, but not so much here. And so my goal really is when someone goes to install it for the first time, which would be awesome or, or reinstalls it after all these years, when they go to the match browser, they see uh, at least a server with people on it with a decent ping. And I think that makes all the difference in the world. Because if someone reinstalls this game and they see no one's playing it, I mean, they just either uninstall it or forget that it's there. Absolutely. You know, and that is the critical moment where they look at that match browser and they go to join a game and they actually can and they have fun, you know, and that'll remind them like, hey, man, you know, Quake exists and it's really fun to play. And I kind of forgot about it, you know. I'm really interested. I mean, it's great. People are coming back from the old days. I'm really interested in the perspective of like, 15-year-old kids getting into this game for the first time. That blows my mind. And I played Quake 3 like in high school a little bit. I didn't know anything about uh, what we're talking about now, like all, all this other history to it and, and the configs and the mods and all that stuff, or even strafe jumping at the time. But I, similar path, actually. I, when I was listening to QuakeCast and talking about uh, – where they were talking with Nationwide Moose, it was like, man, where like where, how did I miss this guy? I, I grew up like – 
a couple of towns over from him. I have like the same story of like I didn't get into Quake until I was in my twenties and like really get into Quake until I was in my twenties and and also started with Quake Champions really uh moving into being competitive and everything and just the the fact that there are kids that are going to be picking this game up going forward is mind blowing to me and more and more of them are doing it every day and I think that's a result of uh, people like you doing the work that you're doing and Quake Champions also. I think has inspired a lot of conversation, even though maybe people don't like it. They download that game. A kid might download that game thinking, it's like, Oh, it's a new game. Quake champions. All right, I'll try it out. And then maybe they like it and they do the research and they find out about the older games, or maybe they uh, just hear the, the endless Reddit box of complaining and bitching about how much better uh, older quakes were. And then they're like, Oh, I'll go try that out. If it's better than this game. And, and it's amazing to me. It's so inspiring, and it, it it's that's the kind of thing that should drive us forward. Is like passing, passing our niche genre on to the next generation, as your dad did for you. I wish my dad had been that cool, man. We just played Duke Nukem. What what I think is cool, um, following that line of thinking as well, um, is that essentially, like, yeah, yeah, I, I see it. I see it. I see all the. Um, you know, anywhere from 15 to, you know, in your early 20s and had never played Quake or heard of Quake. Um, I think the cool thing there is that they they have played all these other games. Um, they've played Call of Duty. They've played, you know, Half-Life. They've played Counter-Strike. Uh, I mean, just look at Counter-Strike Go and its popularity um, just in the streaming or in the in the esports, you know, all those different kind of categories that it can just check off and be like, yeah, we're pretty demanding here. We're you know, commanding. Um, you know, w- the Gold Source engine is based on id Tech 2. Um, so much so that the console commands are very similar, you know, CL underscore show FPS is there, you know, CL Bob is there, you know, R underscore, whatever you want is pretty much there in the same, um, you know, and the story of, of gold source becoming the source engine is simply that a developer one day, um, said, okay, gold source is pretty solid. I'm going to leave it here. I'm going to make a new folder instead of calling it gold source. I'll just call it source and continue working on it. And that's what they've done. And then, you know, if you look at Source, what is it, 2016 now or whatever version it is that Counter-Strike Go runs on, same thing. Those console commands from Quake 1 are still there. They're all still there. You know, the engines, I mean, obviously it's very different. There's new renderers. There's, you know, higher poly counts. There's different, you know, the limits have been completely removed. Like all this stuff is different. But at the end of the day, they started with the open sourcing of id Tech 2. Um, as did Call of Duty with Infinity Ward. Their engine uh, is also based on it Tech 2. Team Fortress, um, all of it. Yep. Yeah. So there you go, man. I mean, it's, it is it is sort of the birth of, of this style of multiplayer game. And I don't just mean first-person shooters, I guess. I mean um, the ability to just connect up and play a game without a lot of riffraff in between and you know red tape that you got to go through and then be in a fully 3d world um you know that's something that didn't really happen before quake and it has been copied and 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 improved and and all these different things and all these modern games but it's interesting to see the source is uh is still being used 
you know, and all these source ports, you know, uh, Spike, for instance, with uh, with uh, the Forethought engine, FTE Quake World, he's been working on that since 1999. There's a new version that just came out like two days ago. And, you know, that has a Vulkan renderer as well. I mean, that that engine is extremely advanced that can run Quake 1, Quake 2, Quake 3, Hexen 2. Um, you know, it's just it's amazing what people have done with the code, whether it's a hobbyist person in in the open source community or it's a commercial you know project such as you know something like the the source engine i wish that the uh, build games were of equal value in some ways i I really would like to see you know blood or duke match or something like that um be as as popular or at least as accessible as as you know as quake has been but that's a testament to I mean, Quake was designed by a rocket scientist, quite literally, and the, you know these other games. Not that they they weren't uh, extremely intelligent, the people that made them, but they just didn't have the foresight that John Carmack had going forward. Well, that would that would be one thing I would say. Um, you know, I myself is am a big floss person, uh, an open source advocate, um, and that is exactly right. I mean, when Carmack decided in the late. 90s or so i'm not exactly sure i think it's 99 or so to release id tech 2 as open source that's you know that's just building on what we just talked about um yeah that's what's done it you know and uh, interestingly enough i i met somebody um in doing all this who is working on reverse engineering the original unreal engine um because the original Unreal Engine is still locked up with licensing. I mean, the source is available, but you can't use it openly. Um, you can't compile it yourself. I mean, there's restrictions on the licensing. So what he's doing is reverse engineering it so that there is no licensing restrictions to try to create a sort of quake mojo, you know, around this uh, this Unreal community, which still exists. Uh, the older Unreal games, you know, UT99 and UT2004 and stuff like that. Um, anyway, it's just interesting. I, I met him and invited him to some of our events, and he's played in I, I would, I don't every single one of them, like uh, maybe the last 10 or so. Um, and, you know, it, I don't know. It's it's exactly what his goal is. And he's walked into the Quake community from the Unreal community going, yes, this is what I want. You know, this is this is what I want for the Unreal community, for people to not have to run ancient binaries or run or, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, so it, it's it's interesting to see other people with project goals that are similar to what was kind of done in the 90s for Quake. Um come and look at the community and be like and be inspired by it i i don't even know what it is you, you're just like so thorough in every idea that you bring up that i don't know what the next question should be like i typically when i do these interviews i'll, I'll like you know you go on a tangent and then i'll have like okay well i'll keep in mind like a, a bunch of questions that i want to ask after that and then you, you always answer every single question i was gonna think of before i have the chance to do it my apologies. No, it's, why would you apologize <laughs> for that? It makes it easy to do this, really. Sure. So, yeah, you, you mentioned Unreal 99 and playing in those. That, did you also play those back in the day um, as well? Or were you, were you little a, t- a little tidbit about me. Um, I, I actually did go to school for game design and development, um, interestingly enough. And in school, uh, UT 2004 was, was huge um, at the time. 
because it was a recent game and it was the commercial offering for Unreal. So I've actually done mapping in UT 2004, um, made simple models and and applied simple textures to those and, and made project maps, not really maps that I ever released or anything like that. Um, but yeah. Um, I definitely have played Unreal 2004. I played UT99 a little bit back when Quake 3 was popular, um, but I just preferred Quake 3. So, correct me if I'm misunderstanding. Are you currently, you're playing more Quake World than any other game? Yep, that's correct. Yep. And I, uh, I run, um, all of the U S quake communities, quake world servers. Um, so our servers are, um, at usquake.world and then um we have various ports but you know if you just open your browser and you went to usquake.world mm-hmm. and then you go to port 28000 uh you can see our QTV page which will show all of our different server ports you know whether it be FFA CTF co-op all the different ports there and then it will show you know who's playing in them at the time and then you can actually click a button which will launch your client and then connect you to a QTV to spectate the game mm-hmm. um you know there's a demos page there too where you can download demos and such as well from uh, from different games that have been played because each game that gets played in a Quake World server gets recorded server side, so it saves player movement demos. Unlike so you Quake can get those Champions. there. Right, yep, unlike Quake Champions. Um, yeah, so, yep, I, uh, I basically focus on Quake World. I do also play Quake 3. Um, you know, it the Quake 3 community, the thing that's kind of sad about it is, is that, Back when Quake Live came out, um, all the mappers and modders really kind of moved to Quake Live. And at the time, it was a really novel concept because it was basically just Quake 3 writ- written in WebGL and, and in Java so that you could launch it through your browser. Um, that was that was the project goal at the time was to just to make Quake 3 super accessible um, that you could play for free through a browser. And that, that and and yeah, I was in the beta for that. It was awesome. Um, you know, and then Bethesda came along, uh, bought it, changed Quick Live, took it off of the internet, made it not free, and jammed it into Steam for a price tag. So that I, I feel like the people who had already converted their maps and mods and all their servers and all their stuff over to Quick Live, thinking this was the new Quake 3, um, you know, kind of kind of got locked into that. And then Bethesda kind of went through and changed, you know, nerfed out the railgun and changed the player physics and and changed the game um, to a point where it's not really kind of Quake 3 anymore. So, you know, some of the players stayed and some of them went back to Quake 3. Um, and the unfortunate thing there is that, you know, the community kind of dried up and the servers kind of dried up. But... Um, you know, in response to that, our partner community, which is Artifacts Quake, um, they created servers and have sprung up a community similar to what we're doing in the U.S. Quake community to sort of restore kind of people back to playing Quake 3, um, you know, people who want to. So we've been working with them on on the Quake 3 side of things. I think uh, my buddy Smango is going to be really happy to have heard you say that in public. Because a lot of people you will talk to you. Uh, we'll say that Quake Live is the same. It's 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 Quake Three. It's just more accessible. That literally the, the same thing. And but there's so many subtle differences that it doesn't uh, quite address. For instance, like for me, I 
I started playing Quake 3 with no guidance or anyone to tell me how to play it or how to, you know, I didn't know, I didn't understand, sir, like, how, how when you join a server, you end up with a random group of people. I didn't understand that there were other game modes other than just FFA. I didn't, I didn't understand all the, all the little codes, like, this is CTF, and the, the, I, I would never understood any of that. I would just hop into an FFA server and play whoever happened to be online. Or doing it in a LAN in a classroom a bit. But for me, when I load up Quake 3 now, it feels like home. And when I load up Quake Live, it does not have the same... Uh, it doesn't have the same... I don't even know what the word to put on it. It just doesn't feel the same. It doesn't have that ambiance that Quake 3 brought to the table. And and furthermore, there are all the, the different movement issues. There's the... The console is different. Like Everything is different to me i don't like it i don't i don't it's dislike hard, quake live but i just don't i don't have that same place in my soul for it it's a hard-pressed thing when you try to take quake 3 and turn it back into another commercial product after that amount of time because what happened in all the quakes but quake 3 especially was that the movement the mods all that stuff the communities were divided. Mm -hmm. You know, people who play vanilla Quake 3 versus people who play CPMA versus people who play OSP versus people who only specifically play jail mods versus people who only, you know, so to take that and try to jam it all back together, which is what they did. You know, if you you hop around and strafe jump and Quake Live, it sort of feels like, well, this is like a mixture between Quake 3 and CPMA. Yeah. Um, And that's, not good for either. It's not good for Quake 3, and it's not good for CPMA. To be honest, people would play CPMA with vanilla Quake 3 physics rules because, you know, it, it was just a patched version of Quake 3 that had been worked on and fixed, and that mod was really advanced. Um, so it would have made way more sense in Quake Live to just say, all right, click your physics type. We want vanilla Quake 3, or you want, you know, but instead it's just a conglomeration of it all. And to your point of Quake Champions being an excellent game and really fun, it is. It is. And when you look at when you look at what id had to decide to do when they made when they made every single quake right so they made quake 1 and it had this specific fan base quake world also another specific fan base so with quake 2 they tried to sort of limit all of that splitting of fan bases and, and you know lock the frame rate at 60 frames per second and and change some things uh to, to see if it wouldn't segment as much but it still did <laughs> you know so from there they went to quake 3 where they tried to do an ode back to quake world where you know multiplayer focus and stuff um and every step of the way from quake 1 and that specific player base to making quake 2 you know it kind of pissed a bunch of people off you know that that didn't want Quake to kind of go in that direction. And it's not to say that they backpedaled with Quake 3, but they gave Carmack the project and said, here, like, make Quake that everybody wants. You know, make make the Quake. Um, you know, and from, from Quake 3, I mean, I think everybody really liked it, especially when it came out. But there's there was Quake 2 people and Quake World people and all these other people that were sort of dissatisfied with it. And then Quake 4, everybody was dissatisfied, right? By that so, point, by the point in Quake 3 that they got to that, Romero had left... And uh, he left it before Quake Two, but yeah, oh, slowly over time, like everyone that was working on the stuff, American McGee, like they're just like, fuck this, man, this company's not even fun anymore without Romero, and and I understand why it had to, it had to happen the way it did, but you just you can definitely see 
the uh, the dream team fall apart moving into Quake Three. I think that's a big aspect of it, and also the reasons. Part of the reason why uh, the maps are the way they are is because Carmack decided to like make it easier to separate everyone working in the company because they didn't want to talk to each other. So I they, didn't know that. Yeah, so you end up with all these different uh, the maps that you know they have different uh, feels and different looks to them. Different. There, it used to be like Quake. Quake One was Lovecraft and medieval, and, and then Quake Two was like futuristic and military and then quake three is like just this jumbled mess of all different things there was almost no way to make a single player campaign with the mappers currently working on the game not talking to or communicating with each other so carmack was like well people like the multiplayer death matching thing it's the way of the future anyway so let's just roll it out like that we'll have like you can just go through the slipgate into different uh universes and battle there which has ultimately led us to quake champions where it's just like each drowned guard, the you know, Cathala has a a map or a couple of maps, and then like Azathoth has certain maps that just they belong to different uh, creators of different universes. And the Slipgate is the the journey into those different places. I think I'm getting into the lore now. I, I, excuse me, please. But I think it's I think it's just a you know, it's not even it couldn't have been planned. It happened organically where we're at now. Mm. Well, and uh, you know, it did happen organically. And I would say uh, my my previous point I was I was trying to get to there was that with Quake Champions, when they when they took a look mm-hmm. at what they did with Quake Live, and it, and it was popular for a time. Um, but either way, when they took a look at that, they were like, okay. And they took a look at all these previous releases where they had upset people or, you know, abandoned this community or made in that one or whatever, however they wanted to look at it. I think what they ended up doing was taking all of the movement and all of the physics and all of everything and jamming it into one game because that would be the easiest way to piss off everyone the least. Um, but ultimately, I don't think it's it's hugely successful in a competitive standpoint just because it's hard to balance all of that. I mean, beyond the powers, even if you take the hero MOBA stuff out of it, um, still, all of the movement differences and the loadout differences just make it extremely hard to be competitive. And I do like their three different champion dual sets and stuff like that. So you can't, you know, ride a champion that has more armor set or has better movement ability. Um, They're implementing classic timed duel into the game now. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. That's good as well. Yeah. yeah. But I do, I guess I, I like, I like it that, a uh, Quake player can walk into Quake Champions and they could pick their movement style. They can say, all right, I like Quake 3, you know, so I'm going to go play with a character that basically just strafe jumps. Okay, I like CPMA. I'm going to go play with Anarchy or Sorlag, or I like Quake World, so those are my only ones I can pick. Um, you know, Even Athena I, with Quake 4 movement. Yep. Or uh, or slash right with the with the slide um, with the crouch slide, but I uh, you know I wish it was more uh, apparent in your face. Like all right, like click which quick game you like the most or you came from, and then we'll show you some characters you should probably use, and then we'll give you like tips on how to do that strafe jump bunny hop thing you want to do. I think that would be really helpful for them, uh, for returning Quake players and for new ones to understand that there is different movement or there is different sort of physics for each character. 
But that's I think that's on us as the community uh, to shepherd people in the right direction. People, uh, you know, they they start Quake Champions for the first time and they're like, uh, "What characters do you recommend starting with?" And I'm always like, stock answer is like Ranger. You know, people with normal vanilla Quake, just regular strafe jumping movement. And because if you don't have any experience at all, then go with that. Or if, if but if they're like, I used to play CPMA back in the day, you can point them to Anarchy or Sorlag whatever, and they'll just gravitate towards that. But to your point, it, it makes the game very difficult to balance, right? Because if you have Anarchy in CPMA, you're, or, or Slash, or Sorlag, CPMA was designed, essentially, to make it, you be able to gain speed really quickly and move, move faster, so you're not going to be able to catch them. And they're trying to implement, they're going to be in a perpetual loop of, Trying to trying to patch the game, trying to trying to make it uh, fair, and even in in time duel, we're going to see that happen. Where, well, I mean, you could try all you want, but if you pick the wrong character, you might just end up screwed over. I don't know if it's going to be. Or it it may be out by the time this is published, but you you may see the ability to change characters every time you die, or something like something to that effect. I'm not sure how they're going to be able to balance the game ever. It'd be best if they want to do classic time duel, just make everybody be ranger and be done with it. No, no, uh, no orb. You just have the option to play original quake deathmatch or duel in, in this, you know, current in the current servers or in the, in the current maps. Maybe that could be an option. I don't know. I would agree. I mean, if there was a little checkbox for no powers and only ranger, that would be great. Oh, there is. Okay. Well, I mean, Interesting. So, can you can can you play games that are ranked like that, or do you have to play? No, is that a custom? That's custom only. Yeah, it's or custom, what custom it, only. Turning off the powers. That's, that's yeah. I guess that's that's what I mean. Is like if they would add it to like the actual competitive modes would make more sense. But yeah. But another thing yeah, I've I noticed uh, talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> if uh, if you are trying to play Quake in the Quake Champions in a in a dual format or in a in a CTF format even. When I talk to players who actually play like high highly competitively, uh for instance, Cygib was on the show recently. He doesn't seem to have the same issues that all of the rest of us have with with the game. Like this this idea that like, well, you don't you can't possibly catch anarchy or you can't get past scale bearer if he charges you or like, how am I supposed to kill him? That doesn't even seem to occur to someone like him who just, his, his goal is like, well, I'm going to figure out how to win and that'll be that. I'm going to figure out how to, uh, like what's the best champion for me to pick to counter this champion. And I think that's the intention with quake champions, uh, modern, whatever you want to call it. Modern quake is to, it's another aspect of the game is to pick who you play and be as skilled with different types of movements so that you can put yourself in a position to win. So it, it happens almost before you even start playing. And, and that's another divider between now and then is that it used to just be, we, we know we're even, so we know who won based on exactly like just it's who played better. I don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. There, there are other games that have been, balanced for you know 20 years that you know you know, counter-strike go for instance i mean there really is there's not much blaming the game when you lose i mean it's 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 skill um just like just like quake world or just like quake 3 there's skill i mean there is no 
there is no advantage. Um, but yeah, and, and I, I feel though that a lot of people take a look at those disadvantages or those differences. And that's, that's sort of why they, they start to look for older games, um, where they know the balance is there because people have been playing it for, you know, 15, 10, 15, 20 years. So, um, that's part of my appeal. I'd like to say like in our community is, um, looking back and seeing where all of these game mechanics started getting down to their purest form and and really learning learning that skill honing it seeing seeing how far seeing how far you can go and then seeing you know because a game like quick world the skill ceiling is astronomical i mean there are so many different levels of skill you'll never you'll never play against the best person in the world you know um and even if you do, there there might be another one. Know, you know, a couple weeks about, from now. You're talking about your guys uh, that were people from your server that are joining the the four v four tournaments. Like they're probably going to run into Milton and get crushed. Yep, that's a possibility. <laughs> like that's Milton's a- still out there. Loctar is still out there. Like there's 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 still this uh, and and even uh, like I want to say the last QH land. I think Loctar ended up losing to like a, a really young kid who had just like, decided he wanted to play competitive Quake and and. Was amazing. I can't remember his name. Is it like Recall? I I mm. wish I could remember his name and not sound like an idiot talking about this. But whatever. Point is, it yeah, you're exactly right. That the skill ceiling is incredible. There's so yep. much learning you can do. That's the appeal of arena shooters in general. And and going from you could talk about Quake World, Quake Three. Once you have you know rocket jumping and like really you know fast weapons, unlike Quake Two, and you have all, you know, you can rocket jump in Quake One, but it's not the same. I'm just saying, it ain't the same as Quake Three. Uh, once you get to the point where you're bouncing off walls and you're like able to move in all these crazy different directions that were never possible before, the the skill ceiling just goes. It, it's exponential every time. It just turns into this a whole another equation you have to throw into the game. Yeah. I, w- I would say that you're right, that rocket jumping is different between Quake World and Quake 3. The biggest difference is self-damage. Mm-hmm. In Quake 3, the self-damage is very low with rockets. Um, so, I mean, you can see somebody on a defrag race map going 3,000 UPS um, faster, and they just use rockets to continue to p- propel themselves forward. Um, there's a lot more splash damage in Quake 1 or Quake World uh, with your rocket. I mean, really, if you're not armored up, you don't want to rocket jump more than once and unless that rocket jump got you armor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a different balance to it for sure. And long distance um, fighting like rail guns don't, you know, they're not there. You don't have to worry about that as much. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of why I say that quake three is sort of an ode to quake world. Yes, there is the rail guns, which completely changes the dynamic of the game, but a lot of the same effects are there like like the shotgun for instance um travels across the map instantaneously in quake one um so if you fire your shotgun it will go all the way to the end of the map in in no time so there is no time difference the same thing is true of the machine gun in quake 3 and so those two weapons uh, beyond the railgun which i'm not so I, I think it does have an unlimited distance so beyond the railgun it is the only weapon that has an unlimited distance so if you're far enough away from someone uh where they're trying to get you with lightning or they're shooting a rocket which obviously will get there but not instantaneously um you can take them out with a shotgun or a machine gun uh similarly with with 
with Quake 3. Um, so their weapon balance is very similar to each other um, in the way that lower-end weapons are extremely useful, um, and it sort of takes time to learn how they how fast they are or at what their distance uh, travel rate is and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, I would say both of those games have the rocket jump as a main mechanic. They have uh, all of their weapon sets are similar and they all add to the mechanic. Whereas Quake 2 um, is a little bit, a little bit different. And, uh, you know, whereas, whereas their weapon fire rates a lot lower, um, rocket jumping definitely happens, but I don't think it's as much of a necessity on those maps. And it's not widely used. I don't think competitively and they do have competitive competitive tournaments for quake 2 i've seen that so um i haven't gotten too much into that though personally have you tried any modern games uh, like newer games that have similar mechanics just to see what what's out there now reflex uh dusk world uh, yeah i've checked Master out arena. dusk um, I love dusk. dusk is my favorite arena game right now to play dusk is really fun um i think dusk has some things it could add i mean there's no drop system for one so your weapons are just based on where you grab them off the map um the infinite bunny hop that's extremely easy to do is cool and fun i guess um but it makes it really hard for each i mean it's just really hard to aim i guess i am more of a quick world player i guess where um your bunny hop is going to be used sparingly because a it makes noise and and b once you have your items you don't really need to be going that fast around the map but in dust world every person is just moving a million miles an hour it's a lot of a lot of fun um i can why fov for that game big yes big seriously wide yeah. yep yep yeah i like that one um i don't know other modern shooters that are arena like um i guess not i i mean i i play i play champions every now and then just to sort of check it out check out its updates i'm not really a champions player um to be honest with you i sort of stopped playing triple a games a long time ago i would say um Maybe maybe four or five years ago, I stopped buying them regularly, yeah. um, and then I got into I got into indie games. Um, you know, I really like uh, companies like uh, what's that one Fulbright? Uh, they make games like Gone Home, Tacoma, uh, that some people might call a walking simulator, but they are incredibly uh, well written, well designed. They have a lot of depth. Um, stuff you just don't see from AAA as much anymore. Um, you know, I I played. Uh, They're handcrafted. I mean, I played I played the Metro games, the first two, um, and I actually read those books before those games came out, and that's where I thought that game could have some depth. Um, you know, being based on a novel, but even there, I felt kind of lackluster you know so it's i really feel like it's the indies that have all of the creativity behind them and if you if you're looking for something that's not cookie cutter it's it's hard to look at AAA studios these days that's why i'm so excited about studios like 3d realms that's about to put out wraith and you know are working on ion maiden um game companies that are literally using older engines or open source source modern versions of these older engines to make new games is awesome and it new, is yeah. new blood yeah, as it well. is, yeah yeah blood right that's uh night night dive is doing uh the blood port or the new modern blood 
Oh, you just opened. I, I was just talking about the game company New Blood, but you know, now tell me more about this. So one's oh, working on a. Yes. Yeah, so you know the company Night Dive. Mm-hmm. Um, they do. Um, what they look to do is get licenses for games that are obscure, and then let's not say recreate them and improve them and release them for modern systems. So the one that I'm thinking of right now is Strife, um, oh, which is wow. a, yeah. So is a that's a Doom. Uh, what do you want to call it there? Sort of a predecessor to modern Fallout games, so or or Morrowind games, where it's uh, like a first-person RPG. Uh, we have quests and you know stuff like that. Well, the interesting part about Strife is that the source code was never released, and it was it was actually lost. So the developers that developed that game sold off their next step servers, where they stored the source. Sorry if I'm getting any of this wrong. And then they uh, they when they got rid of that, obviously, uh, I think Carmack himself went to the those developers to look to release the Strife source code to do a similar thing like they did for Doom and for Quake, and they didn't have it, and they still don't have it. And there was no, you know, so Night Dive Studios, I think this might have been their premier game project, but what they did is they looked to reverse engineer the source first and they worked on that i think they might even still be working on that since like 2014 ish um but ultimately what they did is they worked with the chocolate doom community and developers to be able to make a really awesome modern port of strife and re-release that and i I actually bought that and played that and that is awesome i mean it it is an ode to the the version currently available on steam I think it's on GOG. I'm not sure if it's... It probably is on Steam. Yeah, it's Strife Veterans Edition. Send it to me after this. All right, yeah, it's the Veterans Edition. So they also now have gotten the license for Blood. um, And they are doing something similar for that game as well. The interesting thing about Blood is it is a build engine game. But it is extremely different than Duke Nukem 3D. And the reason for that is because, well, it's a different developer. But... That developer uh, worked with Ken Thompson directly as he was the engine developer on build, but had a lot of like falling outs with him. And I I think ultimately they pretty much rewrote the engine. Um, There are parts of build that are still in there, but as far as I understand, like they have their own software renderer, they have their own memory management system that's not included in the build engine. There's it's a much more advanced engine blood, the original blood than Duke Nukem 3D. Um, So in their efforts to sort of use eDuke 32 or another open source port to recreate blood, I'm sure is going to be a massive undertaking. Um, But yeah, they're, they're doing a similar project that they did with Strife with blood right now. Dude, you've blown my mind. You're like, that, that is such good news. I've been playing uh, blood GDX for a bit now with uh, some friends from my server. I, I can't wait to see that project come through and to play Strife as well. Um, yeah. I guess GDX the, is, is awesome. Yeah. That is. Yeah. I guess the last uh, thing I wanted to ask you about before I let you get back to your life and your child is uh, you guys, from what I've seen, heard, when you play Quake World in your server, you guys don't play a lot of the original maps like DM6, DM2, DM4 a lot of cool mods going on can you tell us more about that sure um yeah so you know when we started out we did 
do a lot of the vanilla maps. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I guess we we sort of realized that we had a small FFA um, you know player base for our events, and um, you know most of them aren't looking to play vanilla maps anymore. Um, so we kind of moved on to using popular dual maps. Um, I look at servers that are on like bad places.eu um, and, and what kind of dual rotation they have or smaller FFA rotation they have and kind of went with those custom maps and it's been kind of tweaked over time. But yeah, we do have um, a couple of cool side projects that we sometimes are hosting we we have an airquake server um that we have hosted in the past so airquake is a mod where essentially you're in the quake engine you're in the world of quake um but you're a plane or a tank and so it's, it's kind of like you're playing battlefield but in quake um we also were able to get uh, a quake rally server working with I think it's the version, it's Quake Rally 1.2, and then you merge it with the update file. So it becomes kind of like Quake Rally 1.3, but yeah. And so all these old games, um, I myself has been, I have been able to get them working, or the old mods have been able to get them working server-side with um, FTE Quake World server, um, because that can actually handle both Quake World and NetQuake physics and clients. So if you have like old mods, for instance, that were created for NetQuake, such as Airquake or or Quake Rally, or there's there's thousands quests. You know the one where it's battle chests uh, with with Quake characters and monsters. I mean, there's a lot of really old, popular ones, niche ones that were only made for NetQuake. Um, but you can actually get it so Quake World clients can connect to them and NetQuake at the same time with with FTE server. So that's that's something really cool and interesting we've been working on. We also we have a deathmatch version of that as well well um the fte quake world server that we that we host sometimes but it's more of a special side project thing but really what it is is that you can do ffa or matched games where both netquake and quake world players can play um, and we can set server side what the physics will be so whether it's going to be netquake physics or quick world physics uh, whatever your preference is for that event something we haven't really rolled out um we kind of work on it with some members of uh, the NetQuake community and the Quake World community and test it in private. Um, we have had like a mini event for it. But yeah, we do mods and, and special stuff. And I've been looking to do more things um, to get into it more. But to be honest, like just wrapping my head around uh, modern uh, KTX and modern and modern regular Quake World server mods um is it's been a task i mean i i do it in my day job and i am a server administrator um but i've never i've never run quake world servers myself so just getting the hang of like you know ktx unmatched versus matched um you know different configs for every single map or every single game mode or different maps on those game modes or um you know, a Quake World server is really just a thousand different configs that need to be written correctly. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Now that I've kind of got a good handle on that, um, we have been doing some more kind of specialized stuff, and I would look out for that in the future. We're we're always looking to do cool special events with with older mods. What I really would like to, over time, see with you guys is if you could make Quake World like really competitive in North America, and we could have like real events. Uh, similar to what they're doing in Europe, that would be astronomical and bring the compu- the community together in a huge way. Like if we could all meet up in I don't know Denver, 
and have a huge land party and a big competition, that would blow my mind. I would, nothing. I don't think anything would make me happier than seeing something like that happen. Uh, Quake, that, Quake that would be awesome. Supporting Quake One tournaments as much anymore, so that would be that a, would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. And we, I mean, nothing official, but we have been talking about doing a Thunderdome style tournament. Um, and the way that they do it is they schedule it over a couple of months and they kind of get everybody together um, whenever they can and play their duels or play their matches, whether it's going to be, you know, like a two V two or four V four or dual match or whatever it may be. So we have been talking about doing it. We have been thinking about doing it. I mean, we've set up bracket systems and, and kind of dry kind of had a dry run of it before. Um, but we are looking to do more competitive tournaments. We are sort of like a pub community where we really don't want to have any pressure on our players or anything like that. But for the ones that do want to do competitive stuff, uh, we are looking to have an option for those those players as well. And I think, you know, since there are so many American players that are already playing in Thunderdome and Hammer Time and all these, all these tournaments that are already happening, I think we have more than enough talent and players in, in the United States to have a U.S.-based one um not to say that you know people around the world couldn't play as well just like they do in the european tournaments um but it would be nice for those competitive players to not have to play with a super high ping i mean that that would be awesome we need eight maybe 16 high, like top players in the nation to just get together and do this and i would be more than willing to help in any way that I can. And if you need a caster, I will be at that event. I don't care what I have to do to get out of work. I'll be there. So Well, we'd love to have you. Let's make that <laughs> let's make that shit happen. Absolutely. All right, man. I'm, I don't I'm excited ahead. about it for sure. We we, we got to get the uh the competitive tournament stuff rolling because, you know, we just the just to be able to talk to people and play with people that are that passionate, that play quick every single day. They will play every day, whether there's somebody playing or not, and put that much time into honing that skill is something that really should be featured. It's something that really should be shown off. It's like, yeah, it's really cool to kind of watch somebody play Quake Champions and, and own an FFA match or watch somebody play, you know, Counter-Strike and, and, and whatever in competitive $250,000 tournament and, and that level of skill. Um, but it's nothing like watching Quake World. Quake World is mind-boggling to watch people just control these maps just to know every single little rock, every little lift, every little ledge, everywhere to go and, and, and what to do and, and to, you know, camp the power ups and, and everything that they do in competitive quake world is so different than modern games that I would love, I would love to really show it off and to get a good audience for that. It's, would the, be only, awesome. it's the only game where you see scores like dual scores of, you know, 99 to negative three. Yep. And at a professional level, like you really, really see who's the dominating force. And 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 in that game, that game, the very next map, that it just flip flops because they know the map so well. Knowing the maps and map control is that important. It yep. could just turn it itself on its ear. So it is awesome. It's something that I talked a lot with Loctar about though. It's just the you know, each player like this is his map. This is we we know he's got and you'll see that happen all the time, to your point. It's just Go from Airwalk to DM4, totally different game. Not even the same. It might as well not even be playing the same sport. It just changes completely. I literally did that yesterday, yeah. and that exact thing happened. So, yep, yep, that's that is how it works. I really, I can't say enough how much this this has been awesome. You're you're like such a wealth. Your wealth of knowledge is completely just. 
kind of impressed and intimidated me in a way. <laughs> I don't even know how to, I would ever catch up to you in this at this point. And you've been super articulate. You've been you've been more than I, I could have ever bargained for, man. I really appreciate you doing this. Yeah, no problem, man. This is a lot to learn. And we've only been at this in the U.S. Quake community group and myself for, I've probably only been playing Quake for four months again. And that's, you know, it does take this level of dedication. Like, I think we admin more than we play. But you know what? More people play because of it. And we'll keep doing that as long as it takes. We're at the exact same story. What we're doing. We, We need to get, yeah. I need you, me, Moose, Spaced, all need to get in the same chat together start figuring some stuff out. I think that I think there's a lot to be done that we could really we could we could really amplify the Quake community in America. We got to do this. It's our, it's our it's my imperative as the prophet of the drowned god Gathala to to get as well, many people playing this game as possible. I am the Messiah of Quake world. So, together happy we Easter. will bring Quake back to life. Yes, happy Easter, everyone. <laughs> Take care, buddy. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with the Messiah of Quake World as much as I did. Man, he's like crazy good at talking. It's just scary the way he already knew what I was going to say before I said it sometimes. And I had such a good time chatting with him. And we'll continue to do so going forward. I think we've got to look at a kinship between the Keep and the USQC now. A bit of a, I don't know, synergistic relationship. So lock and load, man. Can't wait to get that stuff going. Uh, a few little you know, housekeeping notes I want to say before we get into the plugs. Uh, first of all, uh, if you guys uh, checked out the Locktower episode when it first went live on Spotify, you probably noticed how the notes were all jacked up. If you didn't, thank God. I didn't want you to see that because like, Spotify just kind of right now sucks at show notes. It takes out all the spaces and enters and everything. So I've revitalized that. Um, all the show notes will still continue to be on YouTube along with the timestamps, but for now, uh, everything else will be just like a short description, and then you'll have links to the Discord and the website so you can actually get to those links easily. Um, rock and roll, man. And then the, the, the SoundCloud, I know a lot of people listen to the shows on SoundCloud. I currently do not. I, there is a SoundCloud page, but I'm not going to make it public until I can actually get everything uploaded to it. It's a bit of a pain because I don't want to pay for SoundCloud because that's not the hosting that I'm using. Uh, the host that I'm using is much better as a host. But we'll get there eventually. Don't worry. Otherwise, there's plenty of other places you can check out the show. Uh, join the Keep, guys. If you'd like to, you are invited. We're always doing stuff. We've got pickup games going 24-7, man. Well, you know, there's downtime. But pretty much any time, I feel like you can get in contact with somebody if you want to play something nowadays. Like, it's it's popping. We got all the info on the podcast. All our events will be posted there. Uh, you can check out allied channels and like find a whole list of other awesome AFPS oriented communities with their own events or whatever it is that they do. And it's the best, it's just the best way to get info is the best way to support. You can also follow on a uh, Twitch and YouTube. That's fucking awesome. If you do, if you want to support the show uh, monetarily that exists, you can go through our PayPal link, the Patreon link or the Amazon affiliate link. I'm sure you know how each of those things works. If you don't, I will spell out, at least the Amazon affiliate link, because some people that's kind of new to you just click on that bad boy 
and you order whatever you were going to order to begin with, and it costs you nothing extra, but we get a little bit of a kickback, and that all goes back into the community fund, which is cool, because it makes the show better, and it makes our events better, and all that good stuff, so... Please do go check that out if you would like to. Um, let's see, previous episodes, you should listen to those. Uh, I mean, obviously, we've got a pretty solid catalog. They're all there. They're all just waiting for you to come discover them. If you liked this one, surely you'll like some of the other ones. Uh, so you can like, subscribe, review on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, blah, 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 all that good stuff, man. We'd, we'd love it if you did because it just gets the word out there and... That's the best thing you could really do, even if you don't do any of these other things, is just tell your friends, because oh, word of mouth is kind of the way that this whole thing works anyway. Just might as well tell everybody, shout it from the rooftop, and the keep is awesome, and most of the people will probably think you're crazy, but the people that don't think you're crazy, hopefully will come check out the show. Again, if you like this podcast or other podcasts uh, similar to it that you probably enjoy, Full Tech Podcast, that's ran by my boy Smango, who also runs QuakeFans.net, which is now the home of In The Keep. See the synergistic tie-in there? He also runs uh, KentuckyNerd.com, which is full of like retro game stuff, not necessarily AFPS, but just whatever he feels like. And uh, check out his YouTube pages, uh, QuakeFans uh, YouTube. It's freaking awesome. Lots of cool stuff going on there, man. Uh, QuakeCast, Dump Truck and RC, the Quake Mapping Community. Those guys are kicking ass, dude. Always one step ahead of me, and I gotta catch them because I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> They're awesome. Go check them out for real. Synergy is the best way. And then, uh, Stay Awake podcast, go back through their catalog. We're no longer in the same feed, so you'll actually have to search it out if you're hearing this. But hey, man, they got cash prize events going on all the time. Slip and Encounter, awesome. I can't wait for Slip to come back from his little vacay and get back in there. I've also been casting for a lot of their events lately. Uh, maybe you've heard me through there. I don't know. And, uh, Multiplayer Doom Federation. Radio Network on YouTube, you can check out their show. It's just kind of like talking about the innards of their community, which is really neat if you're involved in it. And if you're not, you should get involved in it. You can go uh, find them on Discord. Multiplayer Doom Federation. Upcoming events. Man, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. First of all, Quake World, QH Land 2019, Silkburg, Denmark, August 29th through September 3rd. Holy shit, that's going to be cool. I would give anything to be able to just take off work and go to that, dude. Uh, i got to assume Tasty Spleen will be involved somehow. All the best fucking, you know, Quake World players are going to be there. Milton, I'm hoping Loctar shows up. I think he's training. I can't really tell. It's top secret, I guess. I don't know. Definitely go to that if you're going to be in Europe during that <laughs> that time period. QuakeCon 2019, July 25th through the 29th. I'll definitely be there with uh, some other guys from The Keep. New Blood will be there, a bunch of uh, awesome shit going on. And, yeah, State of Quake, Slip, Unkind, and Deron will all be hanging out with us, too, at the LAN. So definitely, like, come say hi to us, give us a big hug. Give give Deron the biggest hug ever, because, man, that guy just loves to get hugged and sweated on by gross, sweaty dudes. I'm sure that should definitely do it. Unless you're not a gross, sweaty dude, in which case, do not hug D-Ron because he doesn't like that. Just kidding. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, USQC, you know, that they, they do all their weekly stuff. You just heard a whole fucking podcast about it. I won't get into it. Master Arena is an alpha. You can get a code at their website or on their Discord. Master Arena is awesome. If you like UT, you might like Master Arena. If you like Quake, you might like Master Arena. Either way, you should still check out their game because it's good no matter what. Uh, Quake Crew. Big announcement, no more sack Sundays. Killer Nukem is sick and tired, Quake Champions, not doing what the fuck he says. So 
He's moving uh, the community on Sundays more towards a Slipgate Arena oriented thing. That game's pretty cool, man. It's kind of like uh, it's like Halo Portal, Quake something. I don't know, man, but it's it's cool, and you should check it out because those guys are awesome, and I believe in them when they say that they like something. It's probably good. So hell yeah. Uh, other events on Sunday, uh, Plague TV's Shub Cup. It's a really cool tournament he's been putting on. I think he's uh, moving into the second season of it, but uh, like monitor his channel Sundays, the Shub Cup, Plague TV. I shouldn't have to sell this to you guys. Plague's awesome. He's like one of the best casters out there and one of the coolest people you'll ever meet. So do that. Uh, new one, Giblets, New Zealand, Australia, Unreal Tournament 99 and Old School FPS Community. They're the home of the jib. <laughs> that's actually in the quotes. Man, that's awesome. Home of the jib. I like it. Wish I had come up with that. I could have been the home of the jib. Too bad. And you can check them out at uh, giblets.com. That's G-I-B-B-L-E-T-S dot C-O-M. That's how you spell dot com, in case you didn't know. And uh, Oh, one other big one. Sub-Zero Arena, uh, those guys have reached out to me. I got to see their Kickstarter videos and everything, but holy crap, man. If you're into, like, freeze tag and stuff, it's a modern-day old-school shooter inspired by, like, Wolfenstein, Enemy Territory, Quake 3, Halo, and it's coming to PC. But the catch is their Kickstarter ends on Friday, June 14th at 20... All right, shit, yeah, like 12... What am I... I'm reading this number wrong. It ends... On June 14th, you don't have a lot of time, but get over there and give them your fucking money because their game looks really cool, and Titan and Zion are developing it, and you should you should definitely just go fucking do that right now, or else everyone's going to be pissed at you because the game didn't get made because you didn't fund it. My boy, uh, Sunpraiser, he's uh, working on some cool shit uh, mod stuff for IO Quake 3 or Open Arena, depending on who takes interest in it, I guess. But if you're looking for a cool project and you're good at coding and you'd like to take on something, uh, definitely hit him up in the, in the keep, uh, it's in the individualist Sunpraiser. He's a really cool guy, really smart guy. And he's got a really cool idea that I'm not going to fully disclose here for you guys to just like make public yet. But I don't know, man, if you're just one of those freakazoid dudes, that's not scared to just go out there and see what's going on, hit him up. And uh, also, man, uh, guys, no one has sent me any uh, craft beer yet. So if you got some sweet ass uh, craft beer, if you know someone who makes it, and you want to send some to the podcast, or they want it reviewed by someone who really likes beer, I'm your fucking guy. Without any more uh, bullshit, peace out, guys. I love you, and you should stay in the keep. 